You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Alora Rain and Kitty Fields. If you like what you're hearing, push that magical subscribe button to receive notifications of future episodes. Visit my website at laurarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. And if you'd like to get your hands on supplemental educational materials, as well as exclusive mini-sodes and bloopers, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash burninghallows. We'd also like to give a big shout out to our three newest patrons, Rachel, Kimberly, and Melissa. Welcome to the BHP family. What, what? Yay. Welcome. And now onto the show. This is sadly going to be our season five finale. And because it's such a favorite of our listeners, we will be revisiting the hearth. Except in this Kitchen Witch episode, we're getting our hands sticky and our hearts sweet as we share our most beloved divine dessert recipes. And more specifically, holiday dessert recipes. So grab your cookie cutters, apron and mixer and settle in for some Yuletide baking. Have you made any divine desserts yet this holiday season, Alora? No, not yet. We've been kind of making a list of what we want to make this season, but we haven't really done anything yet. Oh my God. You said making a list and I thought he's making a list, checking it, checking it twice. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I've been inundated with life in general, so I have not done any baking yet. I've been good about decorating, but not baking yet. But we're only at the beginning, so. This is true. All right. Although the stores thought it was Christmas like two months ago when Halloween hadn't even happened. So so there's that. There is that. Okay. So today we're going to approach our Kitchen Witch episode a little, a little differently than we have before. Before we provide you all with ingredients and the step-by-step process for specific recipes. Today, we're going to discuss the history and magical origins like we did before of our favorite holiday desserts and their properties. And instead of going into the steps of recipes, we'll be adding intentions for each dessert instead and kind of expanding more on the history. You'll you'll find links to recipes in the text box for this episode. And if you're a patron, you'll find a couple Book of Shadows pages for holiday spices there this week for you to print out for your kitchen grimoire. Ooh, cool. Yes. And also, before we get far into it, if you follow our social media pages, please go and check out this episode's promo graphic slash video. Why? Because my super talented teen daughter drew it, especially for us and for this very episode. And it's so cute. And it's inspired by Alora. It's supposed to be Alora in the, in the drawing. <laughs> Making cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's so good. So go show the graphics some love so that I can share your thoughts with my daughter, the artist. Awesome. So a few years ago, I realized that we have a I don't know, thousands of Christmas cookie recipes and resources online and in cookbooks, but not a whole lot geared towards the pagan Yule side of things. So I basically sought to remedy that. And I found quite a few of our Christmas cookie recipes have a rich history dating back to medieval times. 
And the ones that are considered Christian-based can always be modified to fit your pagan needs, similar to how the Christians modified Yule to fit their needs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll just borrow it back. We're we're just going to borrow it back and just adapt it and (laughs) sharing, share it and love it and bake it. (laughs) (laughs) So should we talk about snickerdoodles first? I love snickerdoodles. Apparently you really love the kind that I made too. The recipe yes, that I made. I, ma- I ate them all. <laughs> this is one of my favorite recipes to make during the holidays. The snicker doodle. According to the joy of cooking cookbook, they are a new England favorite. They are large and they are crinkly topped sugar cookies and are probably German in origin. Mm. Their, their name may be a corruption of the German word. Oh gosh, and I'm gonna corrupt this word Schneckennoodlen, <laughs> <laughs> which translates roughly as crinkly noodles. I don't know why they think that the cookies are noodles, but that definition okay. is definitely up for debate, but we're gonna go with it for now. Essentially, the snickerdoodle is like a sugar cookie, but it's been rolled in cinnamon, and when you bake it, it kind of cracks in the middle. How would we consider these cookies pagan or witchy? by simply looking at the ingredients. And I'm not going to go into every single ingredient, but I am going to hit on cinnamon because that's kind of the defining feature of this recipe. Now, I feel like we've talked about cinnamon many times before, but for now, we're going to say that it draws success, prosperity, and strength. Therefore, your intention... I feel like I need to just be on a diet of snickerdoodles for the entire month. (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, your intention when making snickerdoodles this Yuletide should be focused on drawing prosperity into the home. I feel like, yeah, it, but you could experiment to see how much prosperity that actually brings in. <laughs> yeah, the only abundance I would get from that would be an abundance of weight. Right, exactly. <laughs> and a, an abundance of new underwear that you had to buy because you put it on oh, in the really? pants. If anything, you're going to draw the drool right out of your family's mouths with the snickerdoodles because they're freaking so good. good. So good. Have you ever made those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. with my mom. Aww. Aww. I love My mom is a huge holiday baker. Like, she literally starts beginning of December and doesn't finish until, like, Christmas week. My grandmother used to be like that too. That's where I get this all from. However, and I love my grandmother. She's never going to listen to this, but I will say that this is the, this is the woman that always overbaked everything. So everything was very crunchy <laughs> and I'm the kind of person I like soft and chewy. So once I learned that I could bake things and make them soft and chewy, I went that way instead. Okay. Yes, Do you want to tell like us them. about gingerbread? Gingerbread. So gingerbread has a long and interesting history, believe it or not. And truly, it's a versatile witchy dessert that screams winter holidays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Kitty's research says traditionally the first Christmas cookie was something close to gingerbread. According to the History Network, many Christmas cookies are still heavily spiced. We think of traditional Christmas flavors like cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. And those are exactly the same spices medieval cooks would have used in their cookies ages ago. 
And these three spices scream Yuletide and truly you can't go wrong making any dessert recipe that has any or all three of cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. For sure. Isn't cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger, is that pumpkin spice or does pumpkin spice include all spice? Pumpkin spice, which we're actually going to get into that, but yeah, it's those three clove and all spice. Clove. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. My kids love making gingerbread men specifically. My son is more of the gingerbread person, mm-hmm. but you can also make gingerbread Krampus cookies, which you did. I think I have done that Christmas, witch cookies, and basically whatever shapes you feel evoke the Yuletide season. It's as simple as finding cookie cutters online and you can actually look on Etsy for specialty cookie cutters of any kind or build those lovely gingerbread houses that always seem to stand up and are just so easy to create. (laughs) They're really not. (laughs) I always struggle with gingerbread houses. Yeah. Mine always look like they're, you know, about ready to be condemned. (laughs) Exactly. So, but if you're really good at making gingerbread houses, a cool spell to do is to create your gingerbread house with the idea of a strong family foundation. No pressure to keep it like up and stable though at all. Because I feel like once it crashes, you'll be upset. So you have to be very good at gingerbread house construction. This is all, I'm just, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm also serious. Okay. Gingerbread men and women or gingerbread people will say this can be used similar to poppet magic. How fun Ooh. is that? But you might not like if you're making a poppet for someone else, I don't recommend eating it. <laughs> so the next thing on the list is sun and moon Yule cookies. As pagans, we have a thing for the sun and the moon. Hello, yeah. astrology. Uh, we just can't help ourselves. <laughs> It's true. And with the winter solstice being the longest night of the year, why not celebrate the moon's rule plus the return of the sun the following day with sun and moon Yule cookies? These are as simple as using your favorite sugar cookie or gingerbread recipe and then cutting out moon and sun shapes with cookie cutters or by hand. Stars are appropriate too and an easy to find cookie cutter shape during the holidays. Offer a sun cookie to a solar god or goddess and a moon cookie to a lunar god or goddess. And the intentions here that you can use are offerings to the sun and moon, celebrating the sun's return and joy. Yeah. There's actually recipes online too, um, you know, that actual pagans and kitchen witches have developed. So you can even look up, you know, moon yule cookies or sun cookies. Yeah. Okay, so the next one isn't, I don't know that you would consider it a Yuletide dessert, but it is a holiday dessert, pumpkin bread pudding. This Mm. is a recipe that I made recently and one that's great for the autumn and winter holidays, truly. The recipe that I used is a modified recipe of my great-grandmother's. I used this family bread pudding recipe that we have, that we have passed on through the family, but I changed it to include pumpkin and pumpkin spice. And I reduced the sugar because I have someone in my family that has to take in less refined sugar. I plan to publish this on another one of my websites, mamabearscooking.com, shameless plug there. 
But for now, I'm going to link to another similar recipe for you all because I haven't gotten that published yet. Sorry, I'm behind. Let's talk about the origins of bread pudding. So the origins of this dish go as far back as the early 11th century when creative Pennywise cooks sought to find a use for their leftover stale bread. Instead of just throwing it out, they had to reuse it, right? Fast forward two centuries and bread pudding was popularized amongst lower classes and consequently became known in England as the poor man's pudding. And I got that off of a website called julio.com. I found that interesting, but it does make sense. It's like your bread goes stale. You don't want to throw it away. You know, if it's good food, right? If you don't have a lot of money, so how can you reuse it? So yeah, bread, mostly everyone has this in, in the pantry already. And so this dish is typically fairly cheap to make. You usually have all the ingredients on hand. And if you have stale or just older bread um, or just bread that you don't, you know, it's been sitting around, you're not going to eat it. You can leave it out and let it crust over a little more and then make this recipe. So for bread, magical properties there, I mean, it basically represents nourishment, survival, and it connects us to the earth. Okay. Pumpkin magical properties. You can literally go back and listen to an entire episode just about the magic of pumpkins. If you want to, that we did this season, but I'll summarize it here for you all. Shape-shifting, divination, the moon, prosperity, and protection mainly, but there's a lot that goes into the pumpkin. Pumpkin spice, which we said earlier, consists of cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, allspice, and clove. I'm not going to go into all the magical properties of those because I plan on actually putting Book of Shadows pages on the Patreon for anybody that wants more information on those. And for intentions for the pumpkin bread pudding, I see it as useful for prosperity, gratitude, joy, grounding, nourishment of body and soul. And then for me, ancestral and goddess magic. And it's delicious. So there's that. (laughs) Sounds divine. Yes. And then do you want to talk about rum cake? Maybe a little bit? Sure. Okay. Rum cake. So this is one of Kitty's absolute favorite divine desserts over the holidays. Mm -hmm, Her mm -hmm. secret is this. She doesn't ever make it. She just receives it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Her stepmother-in-law and her stepmother both send or give her rum cakes. They always seem to be in competition with each other. Yeah. All I had to say was, you know, I'm not going to say her name, but my stepmother-in-law gave me a rum cake this past Christmas. It was amazing. And then I had my stepmother sending me a rum cake the next Christmas. And she was like, was it better than your stepmother-in-law's? That's funny. So then I go back and I tell the other one what the other one said, and they just keep sending them to me. Okay, well. I know. It's a whole like rum cake ring that I'm running. (laughs) (laughs) A capone of rum cakes. (laughs) From yolorum.com. The rum cake originated in Britain and was traditionally eaten at Christmas time. It is now often consumed during the winter months all over Europe and North America. Food historians agree that it dates back centuries ago, but there's no clear agreement on when or where this tradition started. There are claims that Greeks were making cakes flavored with wine as far back as 200 BC, while others argue that Romans came up with these types of sweet treats after having discovered fermentation techniques around 50 AD. 
Despite their early popularity throughout Europe, rum cakes didn't reach American soil until colonial times when they became more widespread. So for rum, and I'm actually pulling this from Alora's Bewitching Beverages episode, mwahaha. Rum is made from sugarcane, specifically from distilling and fermenting molasses in a lot of cases, and comes from the Caribbean. Rum has been used as a healing remedy, but it's also useful for gambling and luck, love, and strength. Being that it is also a byproduct of sugarcane, it carries the enticing and sweetening properties of sugar. Maybe that's why I'm so addicted to it every Christmas. So, and then a couple of the other ingredients, flour comes from wheat. And according to flyingthehedge.com, which is truly one of my favorite blogs, if you have not checked her site out, you should. She says, wheat is the most sacred of the seven sacred grains as it represents fruitfulness, bounty, and rebirth in its ability to replenish itself and its golden color. In ancient Egypt and Babylonia, Wheat was often used in funeral rites to represent the rebirth of the deceased in the afterlife. In ancient Greece, crowns of wheat were placed on the heads of brides and grooms as a symbol of fertility. Carried or eaten, it's thought to increase fertility, which I found all that very interesting. And the last ingredient I wanted to just add here, there's more to rum cake than just these three, but I'm just hitting the main ones here. Sugar, it's known to sweeten any spell to entice others to your will. Good for love, attraction, and amplification of any intention. And that's also thanks to Alora's research for the Bewitching Beverages episode. Woo-woo. So a little secret here, according to my stepmother, because like I said, I don't make rum cake. I just get it. Adding more rum to the top. That's the secret. She calls it, you know, it's like a rum floater, basically. It just really kicks up the cake a notch. <laughs> mm. <laughs> But after she, like, this is terrible. After I fed it to like my entire family, that's when she told me, oh, I added just like a raw shot of rum onto the top of the cake. Um, yeah, that's it's probably funny. why my... my daughter wanted so many pieces of it. <laughs> okay. My husband's family, they do this with trifles. Really? Mm-hmm. Trifles. Is think... that like the layered stuff? Yes. So... You know, you see it in the big glass bowl. Yes. I'm thinking of a Friends episode. Yeah. Well, she didn't make a trifle correctly. Well, (laughs) I know. That's why it's funny. (laughs) But I've been told the secret is soaking the cake part in. Yes. I can't remember what type of liquor it is, but yeah. 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 That for whatever reason, it just makes it delectable. Okay. Intentions for rum cake. I mean, you could go any direction with this dessert, but love invoking feelings of joy and blissfulness, fertility, and also sweetening moods and temperaments. But I mean, what you're saying is I need to bake one of these. (laughs) Oh my God. They're so good. I, I just, yes, they're so good. I can't wait. Hopefully like I'm hoping I can play my stepmother-in-law and my stepmother again this year so that I get two rum cakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. But I mean, really any, like I said, any Christmas cookie, you can make it your own, you know, magically speaking, just depending on your intentions. And then by just looking up the history, you can link it to whatever intention you're, you're thinking. 
Oh, I was just going to say, and that's what I love about kitchen witching. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very versatile and you can go with intention. You can go with the history of it. There's many different arenas, avenues, whatever you want to call it. Love it. I think, does that cook, cut the cookie for this evening? <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yuck, 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 yuck. Oh, that's an even better one. That's the way the cookie crumbles. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review for our podcast on your podcast app and share it with your witchy kinfolk. If you have feedback, questions, or want to start a podcast under the Burning Hallows Productions banner, email us at burninghallowsproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who's supported us and become patrons this season. We appreciate it so much. You have no idea. And we will be back next year with a brand new season of Magic and Mischief. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay stay otherworldly. And we'll see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wrap.